Tuesday, March 7th. See you there, sexy. What's with the limp? I got hit by a car on my bike. This person just ran a red light. How are you gonna work? You wait tables. I don't know. I'm terrified. I count on my tips and these hospital bills are confusing. The insurance adjusters just treat me like I'm a piece of paperwork. Man, you should go to johnstrausslaw.com. John Strauss is a great personal injury attorney. When I got hurt, he handled everything for me. He was on my side. And best of all, I didn't have to pay out of pocket. He got paid when I did. That's great because I cannot afford to pay out of pocket. Yeah, don't let them confuse you and trick you. They treat you like you're a business. And it's not business, it's personal. Injury. JohnStraussLaw.com Alex! Ed! Can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. What? <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternatives to smoke it. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. This is Tushar Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for near fun every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Yeah. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome to Women's Magazine here at MutinyRadio.fm. I'm Global Val. Happy fucking Friday. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to swear, but I know that I can because there's free speech. Happy fabulous Friday, everyone. Um, it is March 3rd, and that means it is the first Friday in Women's History Month, which here on Women's Magazine we'll refer to as Women's Her Story Month. Um, and I wanted to kick it off with um, some relevant uh, current events. And um, of course, what we saw last month uh, in January, the historic or historic Women's March on Washington. Uh, my guest today is going to be a local San Francisco Unified School District teacher librarian E.K. Keith, who actually went to Washington, D.C. Uh, to be part of that march. Um, and uh, I can't wait to, to talk to her. We're going to talk to her in just a few minutes and start that conversation. I want to play a little music for you first. Here's some music from our, our friend Seastar on the Big Island uh, from, a, from her album called Sacred Red. And the track is called... Arisen Awaken. So welcome to Women's Her Story Month, everybody.
Welcome back. I'm Global Val. Thanks for listening to Women's Magazine today here, Mutiny Radio, March 3rd, Women's Her Story Month. And I'm really excited to introduce uh, my guest for the day, E.K. Keith, who is a local uh, San Francisco Unified School District teacher, librarian. And also, I have to find an actual title for you for this about poems under the dome. I'm, I'm working with it, perhaps like grand, grand. Uh, I, I am, I am the poet, I'm the poet wrangler. You are the poet wrangler, but in uh, official emails, I just call myself organizer. <laughs> yes, and and uh, there's a there's a lot in that word, organizer. Um, e. K. Keith makes it happen here uh, every every April National Poetry Month inside San Francisco City Hall. We have poems under the dome. This will be the twelfth annual poems under the dome, and uh, that'll be happening on Thursday, April twenty seventh, from five thirty to eight p.m. Again, San Francisco City Hall in the North Light Court, um, which is just, uh, if you're inside, it's just to the right of the big staircases when you're looking straight at the stairs. So we hope that you'll come and join us. But we didn't, I didn't, I didn't ask uh, E.K. on today specifically to talk about poetry. We, we often do talk about poetry together. And when she comes on to the Common Thread Collective, that's usually what we do. But today... Kicking off Women's Her Story Month, we're going to talk about the historic March on Washington the day after the inauguration, January 21st, 2017. An unprecedented number of people showed up in cities across the country to protest the new administration um, that has taken up, uh, (laughs) currently taking up space in the White House. And uh, <laughs> um, I, you know, I was here in, in San Francisco, and there were uh, a huge, huge uh, turnout in San Francisco. Um, women, and of course, not just women, but families, people of all ages, from babies to to uh, great great grandmothers. And um, at least here in San Francisco, there were. Uh, I, I was kind of on the sa- sidelines watching everyone go down Market Street, and it was just a stream of people for about two hours, um, just flooding by in the rain. Um, but of course, there were so many folks um, like yourself, EK, who actually went even further than Market Street. You went all the way to Washington, D.C. I I did. I did, Val. I, I actually took a plane. I am not a flyer. Um, it, it's, uh, it's sort of a remarkable thing for me to get on an airplane, which I went ahead and did cause I actually decided that, um, that what's happening in our country is actually more important than my fear of flying. I appreciate that you're uh, willing to try to overcome your own fears to try to address. Uh, oh, I didn't overcome them. I actually probably entrenched them, but <laughs> well, <laughs> but I I did it, and um, and I'm not sorry. I'm I'm really I was I, I'm I'm glad I went, and um, I feel like I might make the same decision again. Uh, it's a it's a pretty remarkable. It was my first time in Washington D.C., and that was a great time to go. Um, I learned a lot about our country and about history, and um, 
which wasn't directly my intention. My intention was to go and participate and be counted at the seat of our American government um, as, as a participant in this march. And then I ended up learning <laughs> because, you know, all good teachers and teacher librarians like myself are the ultimate lifelong learners. And, you know, a lot of the best learning that you do, especially like when you travel, just it happens because you breathe new air and smell different smells and put your feet on a different part of the earth and and dc is a strange city like people think san francisco is strange oh man you got to check this place out like it is <laughs> wild <laughs> you know, I have to agree with EK. I, I went to Washington, D.C. several years ago for the first time. I, too, went for a rally. It was a slightly different situation. I went for uh, John Stewart and Stephen Colbert's rally to restore sanity and or fear. And uh, I brought the, the freedom flag that I fly every year at Beta Breakers and um, uh, got a lot of uh, attention for that. But... Um, in this case, uh, I was a little leery myself being a San Franciscan. I figured going to Washington, D.C., honestly, I was like, well, it's probably just a bunch of squares. And um, it's not. It's and, not. And it's a fascinating <laughs> and beautiful city. It and is it, beautiful. Going there really helped me connect uh, to our, um, you know, what it, what it means to be, you know, an American citizen and... Uh, and the thing, so many of the things that Americans share, um, and well, we don't really have time to get into a lot of the, you know, the misrepresented history or the, you know, the atrocities of the founding of the country at this very moment in time. But here we are, it's 2017. Um, you decided to overcome your, f or look your fear of flying in the face yes. and say, I'm going to go to Washington, D.C. So how did you hear about it? How did because I know you're not a social media person so much. Um, I am not, but you know, Val, I'm a social person, and um, I find that I don't miss out on anything at all because I make an effort to reach out to people that I meet in person and that they tell me things. <laughs> I know that's very old fashioned, <laughs> but I, I like to talk. Uh, maybe you could tell. Um, well, and what happened basically, um, shortly after the election, um, one of the teachers at my school, who is just a remarkable woman, her name is Lawrence Stupak. And she was like, I'm going to DC for the women's March. You should go. That's pretty much how it went. <laughs> and it just kind of like popped me in the face. It's just like, actually, yeah, I, I should go. Yeah. <laughs> I understand because when I thought I was like, I feel like we need to go to Washington, D.C. And then there was the, you know, the idea that was thrown out there and like the women are going to march on Washington. And I was like, oh, yeah. I, and I really considered going as well. And you called and left me a message and said, I think you should go to Washington. <laughs> and I, I was very, very tempted. But I, I ended up, you know, kind of staying local and, and doing some things here, here at Mutiny Radio. Uh, we had the anti-inaugural Poets Ball. But so it was kind of an instinct for you. To, yeah. to say yes. Well, and also, yeah, to say yes and suddenly, you know, be confronted with the idea that, like, it's an opportunity to go and stand up for what you believe in um, at 
our seat of government, like where big decisions are made, you know, because I'm, I've gotten accustomed, like organizing Palms Under the Dome to interacting with city officials and, you know, trying to make a, a citywide event happen in San Francisco at City Hall. And that's, that's been good, rich experience. Um, and, you know, of course I've been to plenty of protests in San Francisco and that's also great experience, but it, I, I think it, it, it's important for people in all places to, to see what's happening in DC and they have a rich protest culture as we do here in San Francisco. That's like a big commonality that I felt there. Um, and yeah, but it's there, it's there. And you know, I, and I, all I had upon like, like getting on the, the plane to go to DC was this sort of, you know, everything that like Hollywood has set me up (laughs) about DC. And so I had no idea how compact a city it is. Like you drive around and, and every place you turn, you're like, Oh look, there's a famous monument. And, uh, I have, I have a cousin who, who lives and works in DC. And so we're just driving on this freeway. She picked me up from the airport and we're just driving and I was looking out the window of the car at this kind of squat government building and then I was like, it has really weird corners. And then I was like, oh, is that the Pentagon? <laughs> and my cousin's like, yeah, I drive by it every day. I was like, you can see the Pentagon from the freeway? <laughs> you know, like in my mind, because of Hollywood, I have this idea that it's like, some you know, like some secret, secret fortress, yeah. right? <laughs> And now it's just like right there, you know, and then on the other side of that same freeway, there's the Iwo Jima statue and you can, I mean, it's just like all right there. And so it was, there was, it was kind of overwhelming in that way. It's like, wow, I've seen pictures of all of these things my whole life and now they're all right here. (laughs) So that was pretty fun. And I got more of that on the day of the Women's March too. Yeah. So you've landed in DC, you're discovering all of these places that are like within reach um, and uh, getting inspired, I imagine. So you were there a couple days before the Women's March. So what did you do while you were in DC um, leading up to it? And then then we'll jump into the the day of the march uh, whenever you want. Well, I I on I got there. I was there early in the day on Thursday. So I had lunch at Mount Vernon, you know, George and Martha's place. Yeah. The Washington. <laughs> yeah. The Washington's. Um, and then after lunch, uh, went on the tour and this was when I really started to get what a strange town DC is because of course it is also inauguration weekend <laughs> And so Mount Vernon was packed. It was packed with, you know, people in pussy hats and people in Make America Great Again caps 
and everyone's in the same line, <laughs> Wait, you know, waiting to cruise through on the tour of, of Mount Vernon. And, you know, this is also when I started to have, I had this, I started to have these, you know, I'm a career educator, right? So I started having these real feelings about my education. And because I remember very clearly being taught that George Washington was a farmer. Mm. And so when you go to Mount Vernon, as soon as you get there and what you see is a plantation. Mm-hmm. And it's suddenly like, a, you know, the, the, the cliche cartoon ton of bricks actually fell on my head. And I was like, oh, we're in Virginia. This is the old South they're talking about when they talk about the old South. And that was another like geographical thing. Like, you know, we talk about Washington, D.C. And so, again, I have these mental constructs that are suddenly becoming yeah, like this, like this northern city kind of, but but it isn't. But it's <laughs> it's kind of where every all all, all roads all, lead, it, right? right? Well, it's like oh, that's why all the battles for the Civil War were fought here because this is the edge of everything, right? Mm. And so anyway, so this plantation is enormous, and I was like, he was not a farmer. This is. This, you know, and I knew he had had slaves, but I looked at this place and I was like, there were hundreds and hundreds of enslaved people who must have worked this land because hmm. it's just gigantic. Yeah. He wasn't you know? out there mowing the lawn. No, no, he wasn't. <laughs> so, you know, immediately upon arrival, I was like having coming sort of face to face with my own education as it. it I had learned about, you know, sort of, and the mythology around George Washington. And then I, you know, and then there's like all of these really young people in the Make America Great Hut. There are a lot of of kids, like teens, who are there Hmm. for the inauguration. You know, it's an important event. I mean, that's the thing. Inaugurations are always like quite, quite a thing to see. Um, and I'll get to that. I actually didn't end up seeing it, but (laughs) it's a different part of the tale, right? That's right. That's not Um, why you went there. (laughs) You know, I want, I, I did, I was interested though. I was Mm -hmm. curious. And actually a lot of women at the women's March went to the inauguration Mm. because it's this big pomp and ceremony state event. Like it's a big deal, you know? And anyway, so I'm, I'm at Mount Vernon and, and I'm in line with all these, these young people. And their chaperones and, and just everybody, you know. And as we went through, you know, they were kind of pushing people through, right? There's thousands of people online. Yeah, keep it moving, folks. Keep it moving. No, no lingering. Um, and the third tour guide who used the phrase enslaved workers in, in describing the enslaved people at Mount Vernon at that time and then continued. We were in one of the kitchens and, you know, back in the day, the way back in the day, kitchens were not part of the house because you had to have these enormous fires. And so the kitchen was actually, it's a separate building, right? Right. 
And so she's, you know, telling the story of uh, this kitchen and she dropped the word enslaved and just was talking about the workers Mm -hmm. at Mount Vernon. And then she asked for questions. (laughs) Did you ask a question, E.K.? I did ask a question, Val. What did you ask? (laughs) Well, I asked... um, I, well, what I asked is, I was like, you know, I actually said, you know, you're the third person to use the phrase enslaved workers, and you've been referring to them as workers, and I'm wondering, who made this decision, and um, if it's clear to you that when you simply refer to them as workers, that you're misrepresenting the facts of history to all of these young people. Mm. Which didn't really go over that well, because, you know, now I'm holding up the line, and um you know the response was well i've studied history and you know i said well so have i (laughs) and i'm curious about this and and the response was well i'm gonna have to respectfully disagree with you this is you know how we've determined that, you know, we talk about these things in order to humanize the people who are here. And I said, well, there's a difference between humanizing the people that were here and misrepresenting the facts of history to all of these young people. (laughs) And then she said, if we're going to continue this conversation, we're going to have to step outside. And I said, well... I don't think that I will. You asked me for my question. <laughs> wow. And and so I am still in the process of following up on this in a lot of ways. You know, because I am you know aware that like there is and has to be a changing language around how we respectfully talk about the people of the past who are in situations of slavery that they didn't choose <laughs> and how we navigate that language between like respecting the facts of their history as well as respecting their descendants who are our fellow Americans now and still ha- who are still struggling Right. And who we all have, like, I think a responsibility if you're, you know, committed to social justice, to participating in that struggle and participating with. So, you know, I'm still, I'm still checking in on this. I'm still checking in with, like, you know, how do we navigate that? And what's the right way to talk about this? Right. And, you know, and also at the same time, like, willing to be the person who's going to challenge that and ask a difficult question and expect, actually, frankly, like a better answer than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something per- perhaps a, a little less combative. Yeah, that was that's the thing. It's like the the question wasn't welcome, and the perspective wasn't welcome, and that was, um, you know, that was it was a challenging moment, you know, because I I think it's, you know, yeah, it's freaking George Washington, George and Martha's place, right? <laughs> right there on the Potomac. 
The Potomac. I did not cross the Potomac. <laughs> Sounds like you crossed a couple lines, though. That Maybe. Were, they, they didn't, you didn't know you were crossing um, by asking no, a question. We were, you know, yeah, right. I'm like on this historical place. I thought questions right. about history right. you know, would yeah. be like maybe take but you know yeah. so mean, that was exciting to i did not actually get ejected <laughs> hooray. which is cool you know i didn't want to i mean that's the thing i still wanted to see the rest of it you know and yeah and like be there you know it's like getting kicked out of places is never my main goal really. no <laughs> no like if i go i'm there because i want to be there but i also you know am there you know always to learn something and Right. So, and I've got more to learn about that situation. Right, and the and the types of uh, meetings that went into uh, designing the language For of the sure. tour. And I'm and I'm open to maybe maybe I was wrong. Maybe you know, like I'm open to that. Like I've been, I've been wrong, wrong wrong like a lot of times now. So <laughs> well, Bestie, I appreciate that about you, and this is this is really a you know a conversation of democracy and participation and and what i think we we don't see a lot of these days in the day-to-day politics is the actual openness of conversation and and the openness to compromise you know and you know compromise and and is now more like you know deals and you know like okay i'll vote for that if you vote for that you know we don't those are conversations we don't hear because when when congress goes to the floor and then they they have you know this is my position this is my position there's never the twain shall meet um but i think we really need to bring back that conversation and that willingness to say you know what well maybe maybe you've changed my mind which would be radical to hear from a modern politician Yes, it would. It would, it would. And, you know, so I had a lot of interesting conversations in D.C., right? Excellent. Um, so Friday, because, you know, I, I get anxious about flying. And so I hadn't really slept well for like, oh, the previous week. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, it's been raining in San Francisco, everyone. And like, this is a sort of a big deal. Um, and I... I, I live in a, a basement level apartment. So actually also at the time when I should have been getting in the car to go to the airport, I was shop vacing my apartment because the water was coming in under the wall. Oh, wow. Fortunately, the flight was delayed. So everything was cool. And, you know, it did take my mind off my anxiety. But, you know, it was kind of a rock and roll adventure, the whole thing getting there. Sure. Um, anyway, I don't know why. Oh, Friday. So I, that's, and this relates to Friday because I ended up, I was intending to actually go to the inauguration, but because of the anxiety and my apartment mildly flooding, it was not bad. It's everything's okay. Everybody, (laughs) it's all cool. It's all cool. I've got very responsive people on my side. Like everybody's good. Um, so I ended up oversleeping my alarm (laughs) to, to go to the inauguration and so I ended up waking up in time to see it on TV. I, I watched it on the news over coffee, and that was actually a really, also a wonderful way to witness the inauguration. It's kind of a nice, comfortable way to... It was. Plus, then you could bury your face in a pillow if you have to. You know, I, yeah, I, I didn't... I, it was more like, wow, this is a thing that's really happening. Yeah. <laughs> and here I am in the place where the thing is really happening, you know. 
<laughs> in the mild suburb. <laughs> right, right. You know, Just nearby. Pretty nearby. And so on, on Friday, toodled, toodled, toodled around the D.C. area. Um, there's a lot of traffic, as you can imagine. Um, went and saw an awesome cover band called the leg warmers in dc they were freaking awesome uh danced a lot like did a lot of like getting the wiggles out kind of dancing nice so that was your like leg warmer warm-up for the next day it totally was i definitely like uh because you know flying makes your lower back a little tense you gotta work it out yeah so i definitely worked it out um and ended up at also a pub on on Friday after the inauguration where I met a very interesting couple. And the, the gentleman was in like a really nice tux. Like it's the kind of tux that says, I didn't rent this. <laughs> <laughs> See how this fits? This isn't a rental. <laughs> right. I own this. I get it dry cleaned and I'm going somewhere important. And then... Um, the, the powerful woman that he was with was, like, in jeans and a hoodie. And, I, you know, I'm in my That's mind... kind of like me and my boyfriend sometimes. Sure. And I was like, <laughs> hmm, these are t- the two most interesting people in this place. Of course, I've got to go talk to strangers now. <laughs> and so I found out that both of them had been working on... Uh, in, <laughs> like, on like in the elections, like helping organize like Part of their the- respective uh, Trump, Clinton. <laughs> oh, okay. So they've been uh, working uh, on the campaign. Yeah. They had been like campaign workers respectively. Cause you, so as you can see, they had a lot in common, just not the details. Uh, interesting. <laughs> Cause you know, he had just been to inaugural ball and she's like, mm, no. Yeah. Got my hoodie on today. So it was it was very interesting. And that's what's interesting about D.C. is that you have to really, like, conceptualize. Because everyone is there. And everyone on all sides of every conversation end up in all the same places. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, I mean, there's a, just a limited number of dry cleaners in D.C. like everywhere. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and bars and restaurants and everybody's there. Right. And it's small and that's the thing. It's 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 a small city, so it all comes together. Yeah, it all just comes together. And so I ended up having like an interesting conversation with these nice people. And it, it gave me like definitely a different kind of look at like sort of how people relate in DC as well. It was it was interesting, you know. I hadn't really thought of that because you know as a participant in the women's march it was definitely i definitely had my thing that i was there for and kind of Mm -hmm. you know i guess aside which i didn't realize until like having a little bit of context that you definitely there are sides in dc but like getting into sort of the personal level of dc was also kind of an interesting context that i was lucky enough to have you know because i have a a, a local relative there myself, you know. So before we jump into the Women's March Day of, you just referenced, you know, you were there for your thing. What is, what was it? Can we qualify that? Why were you there? What were you there to, to support, to state, to represent, to uh, protest? 
Um, well, really just for the girls. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not young. And... Yeah. It's, it's distressing to me that there are young women who might not enjoy the same rights as an American that I've enjoyed my entire life. Whether I choose to exercise them or not, those rights are there, here, and I, I think it's, it's really important for all of us to really stand up for the future. Yeah. You know, to, to make sure that it's not normal for girls to live as second class citizens. That, that you know, that that's not how I want the, the girls in my family and my students to grow up. Yeah. And with this Women's March and, and um, everyone who participated across the country and in D.C., of course, you know, um, there's a lot of reasons to protest. But this particular um, administration, we've got these uh, two people, the president and the vice president, who are really two sides of the same coin, who feel superior to women and either objectify them or try to oppress them sexually. It's like, do you want them sexually liberated or sexually oppressed? Uh, do you want them to have, uh, you know, rights and, and uh, access to, um, you know, uh, uh, to, to jobs, um, glamorous lifestyles, or do you want to keep them home? Mm -hmm. uh, but in both uh, circumstances, Clearly, both the president and the vice president have expressed both in their words, their actions, and, the, and, in, and in the vice president's case, in some of the laws that he's uh, signed and, and proposed, um, that, that show that they feel completely superior to women and that they have some sort of authority to, to decide um, what women should be able to do and shouldn't be able to do, um, or uh, whether that's, um, you know, from some sort of moral perspective or some sort of uh, superiority of, uh, you know, father knows best kind of, kind of way that I think for a long time in this country, we've been kind of getting past and working through culturally. Um, and they're still working through, and which is why I, I find this particular administration to represent this huge setback. Yeah. And I want to think of it as something that's, that's a m minority, but now it is there. It's in the White House. It, it, it's operating from this position of, of executive power. And uh, I'm with you, E.K., yeah, thanks, Val. <laughs> I'm I'm glad, and you know what? I'm really glad also. Like, you know, like you were saying earlier, like, you know, the day of the women's march, it, it wasn't just in D.C. Like, the women everywhere turned up to march. You know, when Cleveland, Ohio marches, like that's when you start. Like, I looked and I was like, what? Wow. 
you know, when, <laughs> when, when like Antarctica marches, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cleveland, Ohio, and Antarctica, the women all turned up to march. That's you know, right. and that's. And that's really saying a lot, you know, especially when places that don't have these sort of robust um, cultures of protest to really, like, get on their feet, you know, that's, that was, it's heartening. Yeah. And I was proud of all of us. (laughs) I I thought it was, I thought it was a really important moment, you know, because of course I had to, like, look afterwards and. You know, a couple of days later, see you know, see, see what, see everything that happened, and you know, and there, I don't know. No one's ever. I guess no one can ever really know how many people were there. I'm just like, what? There's like, how many pictures on the internet? Like, can't we just put a little grid on that and have an intern like count the heads? Like, how hard is it, really? I mean, maybe there's even software that could do that. <laughs> Soft but no, what? I know that's radical. It's 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 something with computers, Val. It's important. Oh. It's important. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I got it. Got Maybe it. An app. Okay, now you're, like, you're gone too far, EK. It's, it's like software, but for the internet. <laughs> it's good. the internet. It's gonna catch on. <laughs> and so is this women's movement throughout the country. Yeah. So we've got another 20 minutes here. Okay. We could stretch our legs and go as far as you want. Um, so do you want to hear about the march? I want to hear about the Women's March on Washington, D.C. Because <laughs> I was here and I was kind of like, I had my own itchy feet. You know, I was here. I had my sign. My, you know, my, my boyfriend's mom sent me a, p- a pussy hat. Awesome. Um, you know, and I actually have, I had to get over my own fear, which not really a fear, more of a disdain against animal hats on people. Uh, I, I admit it. I'm sorry if you're out there wearing an animal hat right now. If you're my friend, I've, I love you, but I, I have kind of, it's kind of like a pet peeve. Anyhow. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to wear this pink pussy hat because yeah. now's the time. So, you know, but I was like, God, I kind of want to be in Washington, D.C., but that's okay. EK's there. <laughs> Roman was there. Um, so many people I know were there. Um, Roman right, from the Weekly Roman. Review. Yeah. He, I, he and I talked to Women's Magazine, I guess, the Friday after he had come back from, from Washington, D.C. Cool. So, you know, we've got, we've got a lot of representation here. So tell me about the Women's March on Washington. Well, it was just nothing short of amazing. Um, so I guess, oh, the other thing I guess that I did on Friday was I went to uh, the, the drugstore and got some poster board and a big Sharpie and some hot pink duct tape (laughs) where I met like a lady and her daughter from, I believe, Alabama who had come up for the march. And so, you know, I had intended to be really like doing that Friday night and then I did all those other things. And so Saturday I got up and I made my sign and... What, is, I, what did your sign say? Well, so, you know, I can't help but be just a poet because that's who I am and how it is. And um, so, I don't know, like a couple of months ago, I guess, I was asked to be part of a shared poem about Standing Rock. And a poet mm. named Allegra came up with this line, 
we are we are all standing rock mm. um and what i decided in the moment because of course i hadn't made the decision until i was just was standing there with my marker in my hand in front of my poster board like oh my god what am i going to put on this sign and that came to my mind and um partially because i i feel like metaphorically that uh women are vulnerable right now just the way the earth is mm. and that drawing the connection between like really like an important issue that's you know still we don't know what's going to happen you know the camp the camp got shut down which was sad um and i i don't want to see the river poisoned <laughs> Right. I don't want all those people to lose their drinking water because it's not just North Dakota. It's like poisoning the whole river. Right. You know, and that's, I, it, there's a short-sightedness there. It just like I think there's a short-sightedness around how, how, we're, how our current national leaders are talking about women and, and treating them. And I felt like there's, you know, so that's, what the front of my sign said was, we are all standing rock. Um, and then, of course, I had to have a backside because there's two, you know, yeah, you're you... holding the sign over your head. There's two sides. And so I just went with girl power with a little heart over the <laughs> I and the symbol for women as the O. And, you know, that way, you know, I could have, you know, both sides because, you know, I was there. I, I'm there for the girls. I mean, I'm there for myself, but. Yeah. I'm thinking about my girls in the future. Absolutely. And uh, I'm glad we could be here having this conversation um, because of all the, the young people who do know the the internet and can listen to this on mutinyradio.fm. <laughs> right. <laughs> and save it and share it and um, be part of the conversation just by, uh, by listening. Right. Well, so I got on the, the DC Metro, which is amazing because it's BART. With different names, but and and slightly newer trains, <laughs> um, and yeah, got I I got on the DC Metro and I started just I made friends immediately with some people that I was in line with and hung out with them for a long time, um, and we got off. I forget which stop we got somewhere, and you know they were like I was. It was local people at that point. They were like this one, and I was like, okay, I'm with you, because <laughs> I had a plan, but that was superseded by actual humans. Um, and so we got off, and at the point that we got there, which was you know in the morning, but you know I wasn't there like right at the beginning. They were like the the rally point was already like packed and so they were sort of diverting people kind of around to like go from a different angle to like the rally point and because there was that huge stage there was a huge was stage for the rally right? yeah mm -hmm. and then they had big big those big tv screens further back so you know if you could just see the dot on the stage and this was sort of a, a side street mm -hmm. in DC right off of well I didn't know at the time that it was right next to the National Mall right <laughs> because you know it's my 
again, my first time, so I don't know where I am. At this point, I'm just following the ladies in the pink hats, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so at some point, actually, the crowd got so thick that I got separated from my new friends. And, um, and they were from New York City, and that was cool. So I ended up talking to a lot of people from a lot of different places. And I actually ran into a bunch of people from North Dakota who were like, we love your sign. You know, um, so that was cool that New York City and North Dakota was also represented in, in D.C. on the Women's March. Um, and, yeah, so I, I was at this rally point by this tree that had a bunch of women hanging out in the branches. That was cool. And I was standing there all day, you know, with my sign over my head, which turns out is good exercise. <laughs> um, and listening and chanting and being there and participating and talking again, just ch chat, having conversations with the people around me. And uh, I got to just hear so many speakers which was really cool and inspiring particularly Angela Davis Angela Davis I didn't actually know I had a bucket list until she came on the stage and I was like oh I've always wanted to hear Angela Davis speak and yeah. there she is she was amazing I was watching on democracy now yeah online she's a genius and you know a hero. Yeah. <laughs> so that was cool. Um, and I, uh, yeah, so I got really overwhelmed. Like suddenly I was a little taller. <laughs> I was suddenly able to like see over people's heads and I, the stage, the actual stage was so far away. I was like, Oh, that dot is Angela Davis. You know, I could see her on the big TV screens, but yeah. I actually, I was like, okay, now I have to really, really look so my eyes can really actually see her. And I did, and that was neat. Um, now I want to see her again. I've been reading her books. Actually, I highly recommend uh, Our Prisons Obsolete. It's a really, really powerful piece of work. Um, and, oh, let me see if I can catch the actual title. Oh gosh, I'll have to look it up. It's a really recent one and it's That's okay. It's yeah, I'll have to look it up. Yeah. It's got a red cover. Okay. <laughs> and it's it's really um it's a series of, of essays about um you know, racism and prisons and Ferguson and Palestine and the intersections among all of these things. And really, I what I love about her is, I mean, she's just so easy to read. Freedom and is a constant struggle. Yes, it's called Freedom is a Constant Struggle. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Jen. Jen. Jen from Friends. Uh, she's a Mutiny Radio DJ. Yeah. Friends with Jenna Fitz. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, Freedom is a Constant Struggle. But it's... Yeah, I'm so I'm reading. I'm just reading a lot of Angela Davis right now. She's really inspiring, and part of the inspiration around that is that there are are all of these intersections to all of these struggles, and you know, it's it it is a constant struggle. It's never going to be easy to connect and relate. Like, 
but we have to find those connections. Yeah. And that was, that was one of the big themes of the women's March. I watched all those speakers, um, and that morning and, uh, that, that was the kind of, uh, that kind of seemed like the biggest message of all, which was the intersectionality of all these different social justice issues and movements and, and peoples. And, um, you know, it's like, it's not just a women's movement. It's a LGBTQ movement. It's not just that it's black lives matter. It's not just that it's standing rock. It's not just that it's everybody connected in some, in, in some way, all of those are connected. Um, and, and finding those ways to, uh, kind of, um, integrate the movements, uh, to, to build, um, well, to build more power amongst the people. Right. Together. Uh, Together. Right. And it's not just the self-serving, um, not, you know, and it's, of course, you know, you got to work on something, you got to focus your energy in some way, but don't, you even if you're focused on one thing, acknowledge that there are ways that what you're thinking about is connected to somebody else's experience as well and what's going on. Right. I have, so speaking of Angela Davis, so I actually, I guess this is going to be convoluted. I, I also I just I have went a few to, more minutes. Okay. Well, I went to a poetic resistance speak out that night And the poem I read is something I think Angela Davis would like. At least I hope she would. Can I read it real quick? Please do. Okay. I might have read this here before, but I I did this in D.C. that evening. It's called Mass Incarceration. America reaches for delusional bootstraps that slap back like a belt whipping people of minimum wage. America believes it's criminal to be crazy in the land of the free samples and the home of the brave soldiers who trade their sanity for false promises of the future in the poverty draft. America won't hire veterans or felons, not even if you've served your time. Mass incarceration breeds a culture of alienation, and America's self-hatred is inevitable recidivism. For all the problems that she's caused them, America blames her children, and she solves them like a vicious mother who eats her young. Oh. So that's what I, I, I went to the Poetic Resistance Speak Out put on by Split This Rock um, in Washington, D.C. And anyway, speaking of Angela Davis, so I got to see Angela Davis. And just to get back to the Women's March, um, it was so packed. So basically at the time we should have started marching. They just kept there. More speakers just kept coming and coming. And some of the ladies around me, like at one point somebody got a, a te- like a, some kind of alert or text that was like the, the march is canceled. And, and I just started laughing. I was like, I'm sorry, <laughs> this is not canceled. Like there was no direction that I was looking where there wasn't just a sea of women and our allies. And I was like, um, this is not canceled. Like, uh, really? <laughs> yeah, you wonder where that text came from, right? Right? It's just like, yeah, this doesn't, there is the NSA. This sure doesn't look canceled. Yeah. Well, one of the thing, one of the buildings along the, uh, the, um, oh, I, the, the National Mall, there is the NSA. Oh, I'm sure. But well, I, I was surprised when I looked at that building I know, when I was there. It's just like, like, oh, it's right it. there. I'm looking at it with my eyes. Dark windows. <laughs> 
So it's funny. And it's then just like, a building, folks. It's just a fucking building. It is just a building. Yeah. Um, but basically, I guess it was getting close to three o'clock. One of the organizers came up and was like, hey, we've met our goal, actually. The entire permitted course was packed with people and spilling into side s- streets. Like, literally, there, was, there wasn't... Everyone was just standing instead of marching. The whole course was actually literally packed with people. Occupied. Yeah, occupied. And so she was like, so everybody just spread out on the sides and, you know, see you at the next spot is kind of what she said. So I'm just now following the crowd. Right? Yeah. And so we go and then suddenly like there's the Washington Monument on my left and then I look I had no idea how long the National Mall was it's pretty long and it's huge because I looked way down I was like wow that's the Capitol building over there that's far (laughs) yeah and so it's funny because I've seen pictures on the internet and there's a lot of pictures of this moment calling it a rally but it's actually just people streaming through because I ended up on the White House lawn Mm. Well, the I guess specifically the ellipse, which is the lawn behind the actual lawn. Yeah, you know? there's a huge grassy area. Yeah. I was on the huge grassy area. But you can area. see the White House beyond it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I positioned myself directly in front of the White House doors, but, like, really far back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I just remember turning the corner and just, like, I, I just looked and I was like, oh, the White House. <laughs> You know, this is my whole experience. I was like, oh, it's real, you know? (laughs) So it was like I was having these moments of, like, things exist. This is all real, kind of. Um, And then we stood there, and it was amazing. You know, the chanting was, was terrific. I, at dusk, I danced with a whole bunch of other women to, like, some spontaneous sunset drumming that happened. And then I went to a poetry reading, Val. <laughs> oh, EK. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a magical and remarkable and political experience. And I'm glad I went. And it's been it's been inspiring to like bring that forward back to San Francisco. And um I'm part of organizing with other teachers at my school uh, a day run by women coming up on March 8th that's for for our students. And currently we have um, uh, three women from the Board of Supervisors and the City Assessor and um, Hydra Mendoza from the school board. I guess I should say everybody's name, but well, we know. only have liter- <laughs> literally about two minutes before so that's, the, this. Uh, show. So that's what we're doing for our girls to kind of bring this forward. Instead of a day without women, we decided to take over and have a day run by women. What a fantastic idea! Yeah, everyone out in the studio is excited <laughs> about that. We do have a actually live audience here at Mutiny Radio. E.K. Keithwood, I think it was a beautiful way to wrap that up, and we can certainly continue this discussion another time. I want to hear some more about those chants that were out there. I mean, I heard them, but I I don't recall what all the chants were. But um, right on. maybe we should. There should be a book of that written down, or the, I'm sure there's some of them out the, on the internet. Yes. Um, but um, E.K. Keith, teacher librarian here in San Francisco, uh, uh, grand organizer of poems <laughs> under the dome. Go to poemdome.net for more information about. 
about this year's uh, event in April, National Poetry Month. Um, but thank you for going to Washington, D.C., and thank you for being on our show here today. And, um, and uh, yeah, a great way to wrap it up. Magical, political, and inspiring. And just remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, like overcoming your fear of flying and going to the capital of our country to protest and protect, uh, protect the rights of women and girls across the country, just remember inspiration is contagious peace and thank you i'm global val this has been women's magazine here at mutiny radio 